0: Copen in Copenhagen Copen in Copenhagen Copen in Copenhagen Copen in Copenhagen
1: This is a podcast about Hang it
0: In Copenhagen
1: Welcome to the sick show, and Copenhagen, on 97.7 FM, my name is Owen, and there's a man next to me, and he goes by the name of Marius.
2: I'm actually across from you, but hi.
1: We have to get into semantics and... Like, I know I mean,
2: the, the listeners at home does not know that, yeah. but I want to give them an insight, I want to bring them in, you know? Okay. So I want them to know what's actually the, the truth.
1: Okay, well, this is your modern guide to living in the city of Copenhagen, and uh, we go through events and um, things in Denmark and Copenhagen and, and things like that. But if you want to get into it, if you if you, if you you want to get into Let's it,
2: not be vague.
1: Let's not be vague. Do you want to explain where we are now, then? Oh, yes. If you want to be so, like, sure. anal about the whole thing. Yes, because we're not in the studio. No, we're not in the studio. We
2: are in uh, what is known as uh, the Grotto. Uh-huh. Of a theatre called the ICC Uh Theatre This is uh, where performers uh, Do copious amounts of drugs No, this is where we hang out Before a show and Doing copious amounts of drugs Doing copious amounts of drugs
1: And the reason we're here is purely Laziness
2: Yes, it's cold. It's, it's fucking cold. cold. <laughs> and uh, you were nearby, and I just finished a class here, uh, teaching, uh, and uh, none of us wanted to do that bike ride to Frederiksberg.
1: So we decided just to jump into the grotto. Uh, Marius, on this show, what are we going to be talking about?
2: Things. No, <laughs> let's not so be vague. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's stick with the non-vagueness. Yes. Well, we'll kick it off with a news roundup. Uh, we will venture a little bit out of Denmark. Oh. To a place probably even colder, Russia. Oh, just a little. Uh, That's a little teaser there for you. <laughs>
1: but it's not a teaser. We're going to go to Russia, I suppose. I mean,
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Keep going. Then we will have. Uh, you went to see a play. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. You went to see the Shine Manifesto. I did, indeed. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we have an interview uh, with uh, Daniel Ash and Jodie Fish, the two uh, actors. We're performing at Husel. it's Mm -hmm. a um, House of International Theatre and uh, Down the Rabbit Hole production. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, they're they're doing uh, some one-man plays. Yeah, so uh,
1: they're working together, but doing one-man shows each. So every night it changes which show is going to happen. And it's running for a few weeks, and uh, I talked to the actors about that. It's
2: very cool. Oh, I'm excited, I'm excited. Then we'll have uh, some hot tips, some very specific hot tips, and we'll call it a show.
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Shall we?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, a very, very quick Corona update. <laughs> Finally, some positive stuff. Uh, okay. According to figures from uh, uh, the state's Serum Institute, uh, the number of new daily coronavirus cases has fallen to the lowest point in a month. And the crowd goes wild. <sighs> <sighs> Oh, the Mexican wave goes somewhere. No, Um, 290 new cases were registered uh, nationwide yesterday, which is the lowest figure since uh, early September.
1: Really? Is that Mm. the lowest?
2: Yes. Goodness gracious. And there's a caveat to this. Okay, yeah. And the caveat or disclaimer is that there are fewer people currently being tested for uh, COVID-19 than the case uh, was uh, in parts of September. Uh Uh-huh. But um, if we want to get very Copenhagen specific, uh, Copenhagen has seen uh, declining coronavirus rates. Okay. Um, yes, uh, the corona infection rates in Copenhagen and Fredericksburg have been uh, on a decline this week. Why, um,
1: why, would you, why would you differentiate? Like, really, why would you differentiate? You know, when you go into the map, when you look at Copenhagen on Google's maps and you zoom out, you know, Fredericksburg is like a different shade.
2: Well, it's how I think it's a bit like how uh, Copenhagen feels about the rest of Denmark. (laughs) I think Frederiksberg feels like this, sort of where Copenhagen were a bit like, uh, we're the cool hip cunts over here. Yeah, the rest, you know.
1: Wait, so which? Wait, wait, who's the? So
2: Frederiksberg, they're the uh, slightly, you know. Not so cool. But no, they're they're but they're like upper class. They really are though. They really are. They really are. Yeah, it's not Urshifu, it's Fredericksburg. I
1: was in I was in a a, a Fredericksburg house uh mm. of the weekend past and um, The big house, I heard it was Yes, the yeah. bi- it was it was a very big house. It was so big we had a game of hide and seek. Wow. No joking. It was huge. Um and I was talking to um someone about the house and we're discussing uh, the, we, uh, we were discussing uh, it being upper class and I was told that house wasn't even particularly upper class for Fredericksburg
3: mm. that's that's yeah. yeah.
1: that's insane
2: I, I had some friends who were who thought they were middle class, but yeah. they lived on Fredericksburg. Yeah. And, well, they were definitely not middle class. <laughs> but they were middle class for Fredericksburg. Right, okay. And then I went to another friend who was definitely not middle class. Yeah. And, yeah. The house was twice the size.
1: But, like, this is the conversation. They had a was- library
2: and, a, and an uh, uh, atrium or, like, sort of a, 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 a inside garden kind of thing. What? Yeah. Wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three stories.
1: And yeah. a basement, probably.
2: Probably a
1: basement. Yeah. A- um, well, so I was talking to uh, Dane about this, about like how you'd clarify class. Because in England, class is very distinct. right? Mm. Well, I suppose it's kind of, maybe maybe it's being phased out the terminology of it, but definitely back in the day, class was a very big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you had lower class, middle class, upper middle class. And then high class, yeah. I think that's what it would have been, right? Mm. Is there is there a way of like considering it like that in Denmark?
2: I mean, that would be the f- uh, f- yeah Fredericksburg. I don't. It's not as. Uh, but with the phrase, but you... we don't like. We wouldn't sort of say it. We because wouldn't, of yndelø and Yandala. all the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that okay. wouldn't be sort of a, um, would be frowned upon. Um, but yeah, the, the, it exists for yeah. sure. Okay. I guess also you have if you go outside of Copenhagen, you go to. A, Sort of you have Hello Whoop. Yes. Then you Which
1: to- I always consider, like, the fancy part of Yeah, it, it also right? is, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's.
2: But uh, if you go a little bit further out, you, there's something called the Whiskey Belt.
1: Someone, I heard that reference the other week. What is that?
2: Yeah, but that's just uh, sort of extremely upper class or, like, high society. No, not high society, because they're a bit... They're also so secluded, sort of, and sort of live in their own little, sort of... Yeah, bubble of yeah. just fancy cars and a lot of uh, drinks. Um, I'm also making some assumptions and stereotypes yeah, yeah, sure, 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 here, but sure, sure. like kind of, yeah, the stereotype and is that they're just uh, drunk mostly and their kids are, are, you know, fed with a silver spoon and gets a car as soon as they turn 14 and uh, gets okay. to drive. So the
1: whiskey belt refers to like just having... Rich, just being rich, having alcohol on hand,
2: you know, like yeah,
1: having fancy whiskies and stuff like that. And whereabouts is it?
2: That's sort of if you go out to Klampenborg. So it's in right after up where we have the uh, uh, Dyrhavn, uh, the the big park that used big king oh, The Deer, Dyrhavn, yeah,
1: yeah, and then the big big house on the hill. Yeah, is that it?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So right. the imitation castle, so it's known. But yeah, that is sort of—if you go out there, that's sort of that's even richer than Fredericksburg, Okay. for sure. And how do
1: I get into this higher class?
2: <laughs> how do uh, I? Infilt- wish I knew. Oh. How do I? How do
1: I make them believe I'm better than I am? How do um, I infiltrate?
2: In your case, that's going to be really tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty flawed. Um, <laughs> well, so one day? So one day? <laughs> Uh, okay, so
1: uh, we were talking about what yeah, that was a tangent. Yeah. Uh, coronavirus.
2: Coronavirus. Yes, it's uh, it's there's a decline in numbers. Let's okay. not get excited, but okay. uh, we're seeing some positives right okay. now. So were you uh, trying to
1: do like a what was that?
2: I don't know what this. You're is.
1: doing it. Maris is doing a lot of gesturing when he's talking. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what the, what this is. I don't know um, what that guy is. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the Dr. Fauci kind of... A bit of a vibe yeah. off that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Good to know. Well, hopefully, we'll take that on board and uh, the world will become a, a more laxed place, but I don't know.
2: Well, the news, what I'm hearing about other countries is they're going Folks. towards a f- full lockdown again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, France is a... I'm, I'm sure this is um, common knowledge to uh, most now, but uh, France is... A country. Uh, uh, France is a country. Uh, they they do wine. Uh, they uh, they have they like cheese and baguettes. Mm. Uh, don't like the British. Mm. Um, no, they they have um, a curfew now. Yeah. Uh, Paris and like fourteen other cities, I believe, uh, are closed from nine till six in the morning.
2: Mm. And England just got this three-tier system.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ireland has five, and one of the counties is. At least one county is level four now. And okay. level five is total shutdown. Okay. Back to, back to, bay, back to square one. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I'm fiddling with two bits of metal, by the way. I've picked up two screws. Um, so if you hear me clinking and clanking, I'm just fiddling with metal.
2: Just, uh, <laughs> just to... You, just, I like it. We're bringing the listeners Really in. Bringing, we're bringing, we're, we're bringing... We're painting in a picture
1: here. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so I mentioned Russia. Yes. And uh, it's very rare we uh, talk Russia... <laughs> well, maybe actually not. I think we've mentioned Russia before. We're talking
1: about a boat like not two, three weeks ago. Yes, right? yeah, they yeah. have
2: done some. Uh, there's been some uh, dubious. Uh, there was some. Uh, there was a. Uh, was a Russian boat that uh, ran into another boat. Yes, not too long ago. Yeah. There's been some uh, flybys. There's been. some uh, kind They're up to. They're, the,
1: they're up to no good. Spy but
2: dolphin in Norway. Oh yeah. But yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're, they're, but uh, they're they're up to no good again. Yeah. But uh, this time, it's a bit more light-hearted. Um, I don't know if you've heard that um, there's been some uh, pranks made by two uh, Russian comedians, I'm assuming. Uh, they've uh, pranked uh, the, um, both uh, Prince Harry, uh, Boris Johnson, and Elton John. and uh, Emmanuel Macron. What? Uh, yeah, they've actually managed to sort of get through to them uh, in com- phone conversations. Really? Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they sort of... I think this disguises in a sort of it's an interview. For, sure. Yeah, for but, something.
1: But still, that's pretty high up for interviews.
2: Yeah, that's some, some high-level pranking.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm just going to put that out here with absolutely no um, information or facts. I reckon state's involved. I reckon the state are involved pulling like you embassies are is, uh, the embassies <laughs> are getting numbers or something. Maybe. I'm just saying My just pre- f- purely just to stir shit. I'm saying that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just to put some pressure. On. Uh, no. Um well now uh they've uh, that it, uh it has emerged the two Russian uh, these uh, the satire duo Vovan and Lexus. Oh yeah. They were oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were behind a prank I know call. <laughs> Uh, to the Danish uh, Parliament's Foreign Policy Committee recently. Uh, oh, for
1: fuck's sake, this is this is not th- like li- listen to the who they're pranking. I mean, yeah. this is not <laughs> this isn't like fucking posh and becks. This is like state departments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we going to prank the foreign secretary. Like, no, no, this is this is a whole new version of like online. Anyway,
2: go on, yeah. <laughs> go on. It's some serious trolling. with yeah. their also been known to, to be quite good at. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, apparently, uh, they apparently, they haven't released it yet, so I can't describe what the prank is, uh, but it's going to be released uh, next week, the duo says. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, the, the, they did sort of disclose that uh, they kind of was the, the, the person they spoke to in the uh, uh, ministry, Kind of caught on to something was going on when they started talking about uh, animal uh, brothels. The topic of animal brothels. That
1: term had been, I heard, maybe I read it somewhere. Okay, that's where that came from. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah. Who? What? Who did they ring
1: again? What, what department?
2: The Danish Parliament for Foreign Policy. Oh, f- fuck's sake, man. <laughs> uh, but um. It's uh, yeah, so we can sort of uh, expect that this uh, prank will come out, um, and uh, this news comes in the wake of the uh, the foreign minister Um He is uh, he had a meeting in uh, Lavrov uh, with meeting with Lavrov in Moscow. Um, mm-hmm. Who is their uh, foreign minister, Guy Lavrov, and uh, he has revealed that Denmark will host the big cultural festival Russian season in twenty twenty two. Russian season. Yeah, I, 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 I don't quite know what that is. I've never heard of any other. The one we have all marked in our calendars. <laughs> yeah, Russian season. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the season, the culture project will be hosted by Denmark in twenty twenty two. Right. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot tip for you. <laughs> um, I, I, I actually, I can maybe read a little bit more about what the Russian season is. Mm. It's a project. The project is initiated by the Russian government and the Ministry of Culture. The festival will uh, feature tours of the top Russian artistic ensembles, exhibitions of the largest Russian museums, circus shows, premieres of Russian films, and other projects in the hosting uh, country throughout the year. And uh, yeah, so so we'll get a, a lot of uh, Russian stuff, culture here.
1: This This sounds like... Uh, back in the Cold War when they had their roided-up uh, athletes, their, like, <laughs> lifelong uh, trained chess players. They're like, Russia's doing good. Come yeah. check it.
2: <laughs> well, I think it's funny because that is how they... To some extent, that sort of the communism versus capitalism, like, the Cold War was was kind of lost due to America's sort of... Uh, like. The soft power Mm -hmm. of America not necessarily the military power Mm -hmm. like it was just everybody wanted to wear you know jeans and drink coca-cola yeah and that was actually sort of it's been written extensively about how the soft power was a stronger force than the military power So maybe that's what they're trying to do now that America is kind of in the shit yeah um, and uh, we've all caught on to uh, how uh, sugar or coca-cola is not good for you and uh, Levi's jeans are made by uh, in a sweatshop somewhere maybe
1: <laughs> careful now
2: <laughs> we're gonna get suit Owen. Um, I don't know I don't know I could I could uh, yeah i am just throwing that little <laughs> bombshell in there that's something to think about so maybe that's what they're trying to do <laughs> I know China had a similar sort of a cultural month or week in Denmark not too long ago also really and also to promote Chinese culture sort of and maybe it is to sort of push sort of the soft powers of yeah, uh, yeah, these yeah. countries yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, we I think we're cracking it I think this is it I think we're on to I think we're onto it here
2: we've cracked it all one <laughs> <laughs> time final bit of news yes uh back to the home country uh no smoking on the job home or away there's apparently sort of uh, the spread of uh, smoke-free working hours have taken an ominous turn so I think most companies now uh, or a lot of companies in Denmark, like you can't smoke on the uh, the premise of the company okay
1: premise at at all like even outside on um... mm,
2: yeah um some employers look to extend uh its scope from the workplace into the private home what yeah this is a uh, yeah how what yeah i don't know how they are expecting to first of all control this or how this is in any way legal um the concept of, of smoke-free working hours uh, has seen sort of a meteoric uh, rise in 2020. Uh, six more municipalities introduced the rules over the summer, taking the total number of municipalities on board uh, to 50, with a further five announcing they will introduce it before the end of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the sort of uh, the thought is as a workplace, uh, we want to assist the health of our employees and support a healthy life. Uh, and of course, we all know smoking is not healthy. Um, but yeah, n- n- I think it's scary that they're even considering sort of uh, s- making this a thing. Like, well, first of all, sort of, you know, people have a right to do what the fuck they want in their home, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. Um, but, but one, so. one second. Can you clarify? Can you clarify
1: what it is they're saying? That you can't smoke...
2: So for employees... It's
1: during working hours, you can't smoke at home? What?
2: No, uh, as I read it. Yeah. Um, so, maybe it is only in working hours? I don't... I, I'm not getting this. I need a little bit more... But so it's... Companies, yes, and municipalities. So yes. it's within the sort of uh, um, uh, public sector, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That sure. That they've introduced rules about not smoking at work in working hours.
1: On the premises.
2: Yeah, and now they want to move and introduce sort of expand this to also apply for working hours, even if you're home. But.
1: So, okay, so they're, okay, so, like, in a little, like, more legally, kind of business-oriented, banning smoking breaks during working hours, even outside of the office?
2: Yes, there's an example. Genthof is one of the municipalities that has uh, implemented the new system. Yeah. Uh, uh, And it is done so without exceptions. Accordingly, a report dictates that employees are not allowed to smoke indoors, outdoors, or off the premises. What? In a home workplace or while traveling between workplaces. What? Yeah.
1: You're so shocked you drop your pen.
2: Yeah. Wh- I my mean... pen, not my pants. <laughs> so. I I don't wear pants. So. <laughs>
1: that's not, not what we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Not once. We're, this is like the, the hundred, like ninety eighth episode. You've not once worn pants. Mm. Um. Wait. I, that, I, that's that's crazy. How can you? enforce that
2: yeah Uh, well as also um, uh, sort of many say that this is beyond their bounds and uh, many are sort of unconvinced Stig Sørensen from AC Union um, he is uh, sort of says that when they introduce smoking ban that also applies in one's primus home he thinks they're definitely going too far yeah uh, which I totally agree with yeah Um, yeah so and I, I, I just, I, I can't see how they would. First of all, how they're allowed to do this, uh, but also I cannot see how they would, uh, sort of, how would they control this? Mm. And uh, I'm sure we would get a sort of massive sort of pushback from the in general people. Um, sort of, I think in Denmark it's very yeah, going yeah, yeah. against the the grain of sort of sort of a free society. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, have yeah. A right to you know hmm. do what okay. they want. Um,
1: well, let's keep an eye on that one.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, we'll uh, follow that case. Really random, but uh, that was the dim dim the de news. Dim the de news. De news. Dim the
1: news. Dim the news. Thank you very much for news. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I went. Uh, I went to the theater. Yeah, I went to the theater in Christiania. Yeah, it's called uh, Buserhuset. Thank you. Mm.
2: Uh, and I don't know. To me, that because Buser means gay in Danish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's that yeah that's literally our word gay instead of really gay we say yeah? buse. okay but i think it has had some negative connotations in the past uh-huh. uh and i i can feel it when i hear it now yeah because of some sort of history with that word maybe yeah. it has sort of a negative tone to me but uh it it is just the word gay okay. basically Sorry.
1: well it is an lgbtq theater group yeah and this is this is actually Going to help you find a theater because if you go, it's in Christiania. Mm-hmm. So if you go into Christiania and you know, uh, how's the best way to describe this? There's a, uh, you know, the, the, not the main entrance, but if you go down to Reffen and there's a little side entrance, like a little path that yeah. goes down to the sauna yeah. and the little vegetarian soup place, that really nice vegetarian, yep.
2: vegan uh, place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you're going down to that... Monster. Yeah. It's behind those buildings, so it's a little further onto the main road. Okay. There's a big building, and it's at the back of that, but the giveaway is the graffiti and the colourful art on it. Okay. And as you go further down, you start seeing rainbow paintings on it. And uh, then it's... So the entrance of the theatre is actually on the opposite side of the building, so you have to go back down to the bottom of the building. Okay. And it's on that side. So you don't see the entrance from the main part. You have to go behind it. But when you get there it's a beautiful it's a lovely big space there's a bar lots of lights a lot of colours it's really really nice but you yeah definitely if you google it it's there like it's you can find it on the maps but it's a little bit like it's the door doesn't face you straight off so you yeah, yeah. gotta like go find it but it's a really really cool little space and um, Hit are doing uh, a couple of shows there mm-hmm. and uh, I was lucky enough to talk to the stars of both so how do you want to 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's already getting noticeably darker in the evenings now, but the room I'm in is full of light. I'm in the dressing room of Bosa a beautiful small theatre in the back of Christiania. This will host hit House of International Theatre's run of not one, but two one-man shows that will play for the whole month, right down to the 31st. I'm speaking to
0: Daniel Neil Ash, and I'm playing Callum in The Shy Manifesto. A
1: tender bittersweet coming-of-age dark comedy, and...
3: Jody Fish, and I'm playing Philip Brugelstein, a.k.a. Harry Clark, in Harry Clark.
1: A drama experience about sex, alter egos, and identity. I started off by asking Daniel, whose show premieres tonight, how do you prepare for an hour and a half alone on stage?
0: I'm working that out right now, because I've never done it before, but, yeah, I've been... Kind of preparing all day. It's uh, a long one, yeah. When it's an hour and a half of just you, but uh, yeah, I think we'll see you tonight. I think I'll have learned a lot after tonight. What about you,
3: Julie? Um, I spent a few weeks just with the texts, memorizing it, and broke it down into chapters. Recorded myself, listened to it. So once I had the text memorized then it was fine
1: how long is your show
3: also also like, an hour and a half almost exactly right. yeah
1: but you, you say that so casually about learning the text and maybe, yeah. that's still an hour and a half of yeah um, can you tell us a bit about your your separate characters like what, how you yeah, connected to them and how you relate to them
0: uh, well we're both characters with big secrets Um And my character is very... uh, He's very intellectual, always in his head. And he's not at all in his body. He has a lot of secrets and things that he projects out into the world as true. And then uh, his primal nature kind of gets in the way of him kind of living that out. He tells people what he wants to be true... And that comes back to
3: bite him on the behind.
0: Okay,
1: okay.
3: Um, my character is is a guy who really is two people in this play. His name's Philip, but he uh, gets sucked into his alter ego, Harry. Um, and he's a really interesting guy in, in in both mindsets, and I really relate to the experiences Philip had as a kid, and I also relate to the... The desire to be somebody else sometimes, and be able to uh, do stuff you wouldn't normally do when you have sort of this mask on, which mm-hmm. is what Philip does in the okay.
1: play. Yeah. And how do you? Because you're both doing such a a, a mammoth show together. Like, together, but on your own. Okay. Uh, how do you work with the audience in like? Energy and keeping momentum going, uh, because you have no one to play off except yourselves and the audience. So how, how do you how do you separately how do you how do you deal with that?
3: Um, for me, when I'm in front of an audience, that's my favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm really playing to these people as if they're there. I'm not sort of playing to the lights, mm-hmm. as as you could say. Like I, I really enjoy if somebody laughs, giving them that time, and then and then going at maybe that same person again and really just, yeah, treating treating it like they're, they're with you as the character. They're there with the character. So the when room.
1: you say that person, so you actually would hear, like if you hear someone laugh to a particular thing, you'll you'll feed off that and kind of hone in on somebody?
3: Yeah, like maybe in a specific moment and then somebody else in another moment. Yeah. And yeah, you can also be that you make direct eye contact with somebody and they don't really like it. Mm-hmm. So then you move on to somebody else and you just but these things don't happen very consciously they're just happening in the realm of performing i guess
1: is it is it accurate to say this is a monologue or am i again yeah it's a monologue yeah okay Uh, how, how easy is it to change tempo in such a long monologue because monologues if if you say a monologue to the average person, you'd hear like a short, you know, it's a it's a story. Yeah. But obviously, this is a long story, a complicated story. You said you there's pretty much two characters, and you're yeah. playing both of them at once. Yeah. How can you work with energy in, like in the scenes?
3: So with the tempo, it changes a lot based on the character. Like mm-hmm. you'd think, it is two characters, but in the play, I'm actually at one point being 19 different people. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I'm lucky in that way that I can use those different people to have different tempos. Like if, for example, there's a um, 30-year-old woman in it and she's a little more swaying and easygoing and she's a little slower. There's a a cocaine addict and he's very fast and this kind of thing. And the more timid Philip is a little slower and, and the more charismatic Harry is faster. So for me, it comes naturally with the characters and also in some moments with the direction mm-hmm. like the director being like okay in this scene slow down and then that gets in, I put that in my head and then mm-hmm. it comes out that mm-hmm. way
1: and uh, both shows are going to be in the round so you're going to have audience surrounding you completely
3: mm.
1: how do you know where to focus that how do you know where to give enough energy to each person each corner
0: yeah you have to kind of balance it out and throughout rehearsals you're going kind to of Wondering, asking the director, am I not giving this side enough love, or you know where where it needs to go around here? But you know that just comes with blocking.
1: Mm-hmm. And okay, so when we're blocking, is it are you able to kind of make a choice within a, a show each night to like maybe put more energy over here? I'm getting these guys are a little bit quieter, or do you need to
0: kind of this is where this is what I practice, this is what I do. No, for sure, um, you know, go with your gut instinct at Mm. the time you know if you get an impulse go with it you might never get another Mm -hmm. but yeah if um, there's also well in my case I'm playing off the audience on all sides as kind of my imaginary friends Mm -hmm. alone in my room doing some very um, private intimate things Mm -hmm. and also I have my toys to try and you know kind of bounce off as well there is obviously I haven't performed it yet but uh, when it comes to Bounce, bouncing off things that there's a lot of imagination you kind of have to rely on it can be quite a lonely thing acting on your own <laughs> which obviously acting usually isn't a lonely thing you, you're you totally with people but the director is not really well it's it's kind of different because the director is the other half of the creative process so to bounce off you know he knows the play like you do so it's uh, kind of different to try. it's not like uh, Performing it to an audience member when you're performing to the director, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> where and tonight, pe- where people yeah, where people laugh yeah, uh, where they don't, where I might have expected them to laugh and. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're discussing it being in the round. Um, and it's not many places you can actually do that, uh, fully completely. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this venue you are in?
0: Yeah, Bussenhuse. It's. Um, yeah, I've never performed in the round before, but it's been a venue for many decades. Mm-hmm. I it was uh, taken over by um, some gay activists, I believe, in the 1960s. And it's always been, the, there have always been performances here. I think they have an amateur dramatics uh, society. I think they do one play a year mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, uh a, quite a cool little space yeah
1: yeah it's it's, it's a little tucked away at the, the like a back of christiania but it's got a big presence as soon as you get there it's it's colorful it's it's very open once you get inside it's, it looks like a beautiful spot to, to perform mm. and what about uh, performing <sighs> All right I, I know it's it's a cliche thing to talk about but we're well, not cliche but it's done now but in the times we're in mm. corona distancing everything how has that affected your you know, because this is something you've worked with, Director Jeremy, from Corona times, right? This is, this is in the world of Corona. There is no post Corona to any of this. How has that kind of been part of your process to get to this point?
0: It totally affects it because, you know, you can't, uh, you've got to bear in mind that your audience are also who you're going to be performing to are also Corona conscious. So yep. you may get an impulse that you uh, can't, uh, follow through with, or you shouldn't, or there may be repercussions later, or, okay. you know, so that you totally have to take that into uh, account. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, with terms of distance and etc.
3: Mm. Um, I've been rehearsing uh, with my director Joseph in in spaces similar to this. I think we've set up a pretty good idea of what this is like. Yeah. So in terms of, we like we have to stay two meters from the audience, nose mm-hmm. to nose, and. I had no problem last night doing that because we performed in almost the the same setting and in this space we actually have four pillars Mm -hmm. that create a literal kind of box Mm -hmm. in the brain and it makes it very easy for nothing to go wrong and and also I think the audience seemed very comfortable last night because they have the option if they're a group to move their chairs together and everybody was really respectful with wearing the masks when they're walking around and Um, uh, Yeah, performing last night I felt no before I did but once it was happening I felt no pressure about the corona because everybody's so conscious as we said Mm -hmm. including the people who are running the venue so when things are done so well you don't worry about it you know Mm
1: -hmm. but I I still find it interesting that this is a a, a work completely done within Corona times you know there is there, you know it's like yeah. that, that watershed moment mm-hmm. you know it, it's there's always
0: little ways to kind of bring that acknowledgement into the play as well like we do with well you know setting the play in Corona times there's a little bit of hand washing keeping yeah. sanitized yeah. my character would be very conscious of that kind of mm-hmm. thing anyway so yeah it brings a little bit of um, what's the word Relevance, consci- <laughs> conscientiousness to yeah. the piece, I
1: guess. Yeah. And what about the the actual um, the LGBT community here and working in that like theatre space? What's that mean like here in Copenhagen? Because neither of you are from Copenhagen originally. Mm-hmm. So what what's what's it like coming into this particular type of theatre space? And actually, what brought what brought you here? Because Dan, you've have I've met you before. I saw you at the fringe before, and we've talked a little bit about um, what brought you here. But can you tell us the audience what? kind of brought you into this theater scene in Denmark
3: well I've uh, been I've known Jeremy for a long time and I've he's seen me develop as an actor and and through my career and I actually came to him with this play okay Uh, I really wanted to do this play and it's been actually a year in the making making this happen and then it's uh, an LGBT play yeah and then one night we were actually out Uh, after the Pride event Mm -hmm. um, and somebody suggested this space for these two LGBT plays and so it all it was kind of just serendipitous like it just came together really well so nothing from the beginning was very directly intentional to be here but it really worked out really really well Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the perfect place for this play Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. for me and I think for Dance as well yeah
0: it, yeah I went to cispa Copenhagen International School of Performing Arts and I graduated in june um and yeah I met Jeremy a couple of years ago and we've been you know, talking ever since then and uh, he told me about this project, which would be an l g. b t uh, thing to be done uh, uh whether we're going to we we're going to be doing it at Busa or not it was going to be yeah um yeah we we're going to find some venue for it. Mm-hmm. But this play uh, was one Jeremy suggested to me, mm-hmm. uh, and I read it, and I found it very interesting. But it's, it's also I think you can it can be said for both of them that they're not, um, they're quite new LGBT plays, is in that the 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 LGBT part the queer part is a large component of the piece, but it's not it's not it doesn't so to speak take centre stage in mm-hmm. either and I think you could it's the these people are people first rather than you know about mm-hmm. being completely about the gay experience which I think as we're, we're seeing more and more mm-hmm. in, in queer literature as it's coming out the the experience on a whole is this person is a very complex you know queer character they're not a stereotype mm-hmm. and yeah we're
2: yeah, that's all I've got on that. <laughs> cool! Wow! Yeah. super interesting.
1: Yeah, 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 really,
2: really cool. Um, we know Dan a little bit. Uh, I've never met Jody, but uh, Dan uh, very nice guy,
1: very Dan's cool, lovely yep. guy.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to actually see Dan's uh, performance mm-hmm. just after the interview. Um, amazing! Yeah, really, really impressive. An hour and a half, one man show, um, emotional roller coaster. Took you through everything. Uh, mm. Really, they, they they didn't mention it in the interview, but it's really um, quite uh, not interactive. But it's it's quite interesting. The, the the setup they use a lot of um, cameras, live streaming cameras in the in the show. I won't say any more because I think you should just go check it out. Okay. But there's live streaming cameras and music and there's a smoke machine. Yes. It's a bigger production. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Anything a bigger, with a
2: smoke machine. Yeah. Like
1: because <laughs> like Dan was saying, like it's a bedroom and like I'm just in my bedroom. I'm talking to these fictitious like fictional. Uh, I made up uh, friends, yeah, but it's like a bigger performance Um, and then I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to go see uh, Jodie's performance um, sometime during the week uh, when I get the chance and do check it out and be sure to check out what's performing because it's every second night, Mm. twice on Saturdays and uh, they are switching it. So whatever the routine was this week, it's changing next week and again the last week. so it's going to be mixing up a lot um, but definitely go check this out Um, congratulations to Jeremy from Hit Theatre for putting on another amazing performance
2: yeah yeah he's on a a hit run
1: way, get the fuck out get
2: the fuck out well that's a nice segue into a hot tip oh yeah because uh, (laughs) not Jeremy but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he is a bit of a hot tip as well. Um, but uh, the, uh, yes, I highly recommend uh, going on your uh, recommendation. Go see The Shine Manifesto yep. or uh, the other play, Harry Clark, yep. uh, performed by Dan uh, Daniel Ash yes. and uh, Jody Fish.
1: You can get tickets. Uh, just go on to the hit website, yep. uh, House of International Theatre, and your Facebook page. There will be
2: links to um, tickets there. And then, uh, you've got until the 31st of October.
1: So, plenty of time uh,
2: yeah if you don't have anything to do for Halloween go check that out yeah yeah um, another thing you could be doing uh, oh. this weekend oh is uh, Sunday after you've had a bit of a party maybe yeah. you just want to relax
1: party who are you talking about I'm going to be in bed by 10.30 true
2: <laughs> we all should be <laughs> uh well yes. so yes you should do something Sunday because yep. you've been bored Friday and Saturday yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what you can do Sunday. You can go for a long playing Sunday out at Reffen. Um this is uh, yeah, it's a uh, some uh, DJs but uh, it's the the true DJs you know who play with vinyl vinyls 45s and such. Yes nice uh, they will uh, dust off their repertoire uh, and collection of uh, golden gems. Uh, and they're uh, going to be situated at Reffen's the new dining hall they have so uh, yes yeah. okay yeah, uh, you, you won't get cold cool uh, but yeah there'll be hot coffee and beer and stuff like that <laughs> excuse and uh, you can chill out to a lovely v- <sighs> uh, excuse me you're ruining my hot tips Alan. No, sorry <laughs> no you can chill out to uh, yeah some music um, and uh, yeah they encourage you to get your Shazam ready on your phone because uh, they're uh, promising to have a lot of hot Tracks, Bangers. yep, yep, yep. Um, So, yeah, um, I know one of the DJs, uh, it's uh, Stax, also known as Anson P. Newmark. We had him on uh, many moons ago, but he runs a little record shop in Stevensville. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he is, uh, uh, I highly recommend him for he's a a well of uh, beautiful music.
1: That was an interesting... That
2: was, uh, I didn't
1: know where you're going with that one. No, <laughs> me
2: neither. <laughs> it came out, on. <laughs> I decided to commit. Um, so that's what you can do Sunday the 18th. Uh, it starts at uh, 12. Nice. Um, yeah. Finally, if, uh, if you hadn't got it out of your system... System, system, <laughs> system. Commit. Commit. System <laughs> by, by Monday. Yep. Uh, you can go to uh, Bruce, who has a Korean pop-up... Uh, sort of food yep. thingy going on. Uh, and that's Monday the 19th. When does that start? I don't know.
1: Four? Or just in the day, I suppose. It opens at three. The day. Yeah, okay.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you want some uh, quality beer and uh, some Korean food, go to Boos. Nice. Another thing, a little extra bonus <gasps> hot tip now that we've uh, said Korean. What did I do to deserve this? I don't know. Um... <laughs> it is not necessarily for everyone because it does require a certain level of Danish but there is a super cool documentary huh. uh, that I highly recommend I just finished it uh, myself uh, it's called uh, The Mold uh, Um and uh, it's about uh, uh, <gasps> this one yeah. yes is uh, it only in Danish? So, it's sort of half Danish, half English.
1: But is there subtitles?
2: Uh, I saw it on DR, so yes, Danish subtitles. Uh, (gasps) But I know The Guardian had a review of it, so maybe it's out there somewhere.
1: But Uh, yes, please, please enlighten, if you haven't heard about this.
2: Yeah, it's a fascinating story. It's a documentary called Mess Brugger, who 10 years ago, or maybe more, did uh, a documentary in Korea called The Red uh, Chapel, where he brought uh, two comedians... Uh, both of Korean uh, descent, oh. um, and, and he kind of, yeah, you know, under the premise of wanting to do some kind of culture exchange or pr- some kind of thing, got allowed and got into North Korea and mm-hmm. and, and could sort of um, did kind of a yeah satirization of Korean culture, mm-hmm. uh, North Korea's culture um, through using these two k- Korean comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, he later got sort of he released his documentary and they got very upset. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's not allowed into the country anymore. Mm -hmm. But a guy who saw this documentary, um, who was uh, a a chef, but who had some kind of uh, injury or illness or something. So he had to sort of go on retirement early. Uh So he was just sitting on his ass, a family dad. Uh uh, And he was like, you know what? I'm going to infiltrate career on my own. So, well, he called up this mess guy and was like, "Hey, uh, what if I what if I get involved? Would you be interested in doing something with me? If I got involved in the uh, Danish uh, Korean Association, I uh-huh. did not know there was such a thing. Right. Apparently, he- there's a sort of a, 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 a sort of around the world there are these Korean North Korean associations, yeah. sort of friends of North Korea. Yeah, yeah. And there's one in Denmark, so he got involved with them. Yeah. And mess said, "Well, that's too small for me. Like, but let me know if you." Something interesting happened.
1: So this guy went. So okay. So he so,
2: befriended yeah. the North Korean uh, sort of Danish friend association. So he did that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, and then he sort of slowly climbed the ranks. He became sort of the uh, uh, chairman of the Danish society. Yeah. Then it became. Then he got uh, befriended uh, the president of all the friendship societies around the world. The Spanish guy, uh-huh. and they became very close. I heard he got about this guy. Invited yeah. to North Korea. Uh, they liked him. What? and um, then he called Masborka and was like I think I got something here what and then the shit sort of really sort of starts and he it's Just... very very interesting I won't reveal anything but he he basically infiltrates sort of with the yeah clandestine uh, business uh, deals that uh, north korea does because they're sanctioned by multiple countries yeah, and yeah. they have issues with selling their products and yeah and so of,
1: they're yeah. like kind of loopholes around this and
2: and he he gets in real deep yeah um and uh, the premise or the the setup for the documentary is he's being sort of debriefed by uh, an ex MI5 uh, british sort of intelligence um, uh, officer mm-hmm. uh, woman who's uh, She's a whistleblower herself, so Mm -hmm. she's not involved with MI5 anymore, but she's sort of done debriefing with, and it's like over 10 years this documentary uh, Mm. sort of has uh, unfolded. It's a fascinating sort of story and just crazy to think that this sort of normally normal family guy just decided to sort of become a a mole, a spy, and sort of how far he sort of, how how deep he gets. <laughs> that's, fascin- oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, some very hairy moments, but yeah. Um, the- I
1: did. I read. I read a little bit about about it on the BBC, <laughs> and that was my thought. I was like, "That is, a, that, that's dangerous stuff to be playing with." Yeah, that's that's, that's what hardcore. I want to do with
2: this podcast. Though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Infiltrate the North, yeah. North, North Korean regime. And I was thinking Disney. Disney. Oh, that's. Yes. 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 Take them down from the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Just we'll delete all those episodes and shit all over them and start afresh. Mm -hmm. Let's just start a new podcast with different names. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. And then we'll just like infiltrate the Disney world until we're.
2: Curling in Croatia. (laughs) That could be a podcast. That could be a podcast.
1: Right, dim's the, dim's the Tips. Thank you very much, Marius. Dim's the Tips. And Dim's the Episode.
2: Dim is the Episode.
1: Uh, thank you very much for bringing me into the beautiful... Um, c- c- cubby, what, where am I? Grotto. The grotto. Mm-hmm. Um, very cozy. Mm-hmm. And uh, check out the Facebook page. Yep. For links to things we were talking about. Um, Check out the
2: Copenhagen Post for more uh, exciting, interesting stories.
1: Yes, uh, if you clicked on the Copenhagen Post, welcome. Sorry for the late uh, introduction, but hi, welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben from Copenhagen Post uh, is doing a review of the plays as well. If you want to see what uh, the Copenhagen Post thought of the plays that hit uh, this week. Um, Mm -hmm. Spotify, iTunes, all those things.
2: Give us a like, review... Tell a friend. Tell all the friends. Hug your mother. Yeah. And your father.
1: As long as you're all clean and made sure that you're not. Oh quizzed. yeah. Right, that's, that's a good point. That's a very good
2: point. <laughs> Numbers are dropping, but not enough to you to be hugging. <laughs> I thought that was gonna rhyme. <laughs> what Damn did it! You think
1: it was Damn happen. it! All right. Thank you. Goodbye.